All right, I'm your host, Amanda, and with me is my lovely host, Kayla. Welcome to Beyond the Now. This is an intergenerational podcast where we seek to demystify the changemaker journey and equip listeners to live into their desire to create systemic change. On Beyond the Now, we envision the path through the lens of the social entrepreneur. With each episode, we will share conversations with changemakers, specifically listening to academics, community leaders, and social entrepreneurs who are looking beyond the now. We invite you to join us on our journey to live beyond the now. So going back, tell us more how you became interested in international community development as a field of work. Um, and you know, why did you decide to study? Yeah, totally. So I wanted to be a teacher for a very long time. Oh. I know, <laughs> uh, plot twist. And at some point I just had the realization that I would not do well in a classroom five days a week. Mm. I mean, teachers are crucial and I just knowing my, I had kind of a community moment and <laughs> I was like, I would not serve these kids well just because uh, and I think it came from seeing how uh, broken the education system is. Yeah. So I had a point where I was like, I don't want to be a teacher, but I know I want to make a difference. But how does that look? I have no idea. And just really trying to sort through those thoughts of how can I choose a meaningful career that actually makes an impact. I'm not doing it in a way where I had the savior mentality. I think that's one thing that um, ICD really helped me understand is how to help and how to make an impact without thinking that you are going to save it. I think that's a really important lesson that yeah, I learned. The program really, really puts a big emphasis on that. Yeah, which I appreciate because I think it gave me a very intentional look at how to make a difference. Mm. So I was in LA. Yeah, I was in LA. And we were trying out this church and Christine Kane from A21 was speaking. And I kind of knew of her, like I, I knew she had an organization, but I didn't really know much about her. And at the very beginning, she introduced herself and kind of spoke a little bit about what A21 does. And I can't even, I don't even know if words are going to explain this, but something in my heart said, that's what you need to do. And I was like, what just happened? Like, why do I feel like this? <laughs> um, and so from that moment on, I just started researching like, okay, is it an organization that fights sex trafficking that I need to be in? Is it just mm. Christine Kane speak about her organization? Just the realization that there is something more out there that you can do besides working just like a nine to five job. In yeah. a um, and so that really propelled me into researching social injustices and then I became aware of all the social injustices that our world is facing mm -hmm. anti-sex trafficking work is still very near and dear to my heart and I think one day maybe I'll end up in an organization or doing something that fights it um but I think in that moment I realized there's so much work to be done and it's so versatile that that's the field that I want to be in. Yeah. And from that, I found the program International Community Development at Northwest University. Um, and that's how I came. That's how I decided to do ICD. Um, I was like all lined up to do my 
master's in teaching at SU. And it really came down to like the last minute where I had to decide, am I going to be a teacher or am I going to pursue social change? Wow. Scary. (laughs) It's very, very scary, but I'm so glad I did because I think now I get to serve, especially in my role at Hand in Hand, I still get to serve kids, which is, I think what attracted me to teaching is I was able to be a grown up for a kid in need. Um, but now it doesn't have to look like teaching. It can be an assortment of different roles. And I think that's what I love about my job right now is I get to work directly with the kids entering the foster system and be a grown up that is a safe place that's there for them and that their single priority is to make sure that they are taken care of. Yeah. And ever since ICD, I've just been opened up to so many different ways that we can give back to the world, which I think is really cool. No, this has been such a great interview. And we always like to kind of ask this question around your community and your network and how that fosters the work that you're doing and maybe the work that you would like to do in the future. Yeah, so I think in the last few years, I've just been very intentional with who I surround myself around. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, to be honest, when I was in ICD, there was a moment where I said, the world is terrible. Oh, yeah. Either choose to just wallow in this, or I can choose to see what needs to change. And that helps me gain perspective of the community that I need to be in. And so I've just made sure that the people around me have supported me or I can say my crazy ideas (laughs) and just process with. And so I think, you know, my husband, family, friends, they all play a role in being a place that I can express my passion to help people. But then I can also get feedback that I trust Mm -hmm. to say, okay, well, that won't work because of this. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or they can say, oh, why don't you try that? Or why don't you go share that idea with whomever it's appropriate to share it to? And so just making sure that I have people around me that support my passion to work for people has been incredibly important. And I'm very grateful because I easily could have fallen into the world sucks. There's no way to change it. It's too much. And what the heaviness of it hit me. Yeah. Certainly does hit me. Um, And just having people I can go to saying, you know what? Like, why does this happen to kids? Why do kids get separated from their siblings? Why just why do these things happen? And leaving those questions unanswered because there isn't an answer, but making sure that. I have people that I can ask those questions to just in a very broad and vulnerable state, which I am so grateful for. (laughs) And how have you found, have you found that these people just come along your way or have you experienced that you need to be really intentional about seeking them out or, you know, you're in a room meeting a bunch of people the first time and you, you know, join a conversation, you start talking to this one person and you're like, wow this is someone I need to have in my life. Yeah. I'm a good friend. I don't know if you know this, but this is going to happen. That's a good question. I think Mm -hmm. it's a combination. Um, I think there's certain people, you know, like my husband and my family, 
I chose to be in relationship with them and I've chosen the intentionality. <laughs> um, so I think there's that aspect. But then I think one thing that I've learned about myself is that I pick up on people's attitudes and presence very easily. And so very quickly from meeting someone, I can determine is this someone that I want to explore more ideas with? Or is this just someone who it's nice to meet, but I don't think like the two of us need to talk any further. And I don't mean that in a rude way. I just think it's, you can't let everybody in. And so you have to just, who is going to be like a grounding place. I think that's my husband and my family Mm who is that I can go to, to explore ideas. And that circle kind of expands more to my friends Uh and the people like who can I talk to to learn from and to get like to just get more passion from and I think those are the random encounters with people like you said if I'm in a room with people I can say oh I'm gonna go talk to this person and it might be a good conversation but nothing comes of it but then I could go talk to a different person and they spark an idea in me and then I start talking and then the conversation just naturally evolves and I think those are the fun ones because I just think it shows that we're all humans. Yeah. We all want to communicate, but we don't need to think that we have to talk to everybody to gain something. We don't have to let everybody in. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to learn how to be in conversation with people and how to drive those conversations. Yeah. Um, and just seeing like, you know, what comes of it. It might just be a lovely conversation that I had with someone and that was that. Or it might be a conversation where I want to talk to them again. Or it might lead to me meeting someone else that they know. That also leads to a conversation. Right. And I think there's something to take from every type of conversation, whether it's a one-time thing or it turns into a friendship. So. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Now. If you know of someone who thinks Beyond the Now and is looking to build a life dedicated to social change, share this episode with them. All right, time to get to the debrief. Yes, please. We just had the interview with Kyla. Rizola. Where do you begin? Well, I don't know. I feel like it really just occurred to me that we have access to so much information all the time. It feels like we need to consume all of it. However, if you are an expert in your field and you make an, you are, you know, super intentional becoming that expert, then you're able to meet up with other experts and really affect a systemic change because you can say this part of the system I know almost is better than anyone else right and you're able to meet with someone else that say well the next step in the system I know really 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 well and Mm. that can really create or it creates a dynamic creative energy I feel uh, in conversation and since uh, my generation and your generation feel so compelled to mm-hmm. make the world better. Mm-hmm. Those conversations will happen naturally, but right. I feel like I really want to say to anyone who feels overwhelmed with all of the changes and stuff happening, even that mm-hmm. Kyla was mentioning, you know, you feel overwhelmed with everything happening in the world. It is a reality, and and you are going to feel overwhelmed right. majority of the time. I'm sorry. It's real, and it's what it is. However, become an expert in the thing you care about. Amanda <clears throat> really cares about organic farming. I really care about IDPs and what is that? Uh, interning displaced person. Ah, yeah, that's really cool. You mentioned that. I'm glad that you added that. Unfortunately, we didn't get to oh expose that in the interview, but um, 
Yeah, we were talking a lot about <clears throat> partnerships between nonprofit and for-profit organizations, but there is two partnerships, even if it's just a creative like partnership, thinking about new ideas and ways to work together. Yeah, I just love that you bring that up. Kind of think about corporate social responsibility a little bit and play devil's advocate because we were talking about how it's criticized a lot, which I can understand why. Um, but I also see it as a bridge. Like if there's a business that is not ready to take on or like shift its business model or something, just put any resources towards social change. Yeah. Um, maybe CSR is a great bridge for them to start that um, and then maybe transition into something a little bit more effective or long-term. Um, of course, that looks different. CSR looks different with every organization, but yeah, I just thought maybe... Have you seen examples of that, or do you want to bring up criticisms of I corporate feel like social responsibility? I'm, I don't know enough of what they're doing wrong, but I do assume that they're not doing it very well. Because <laughs> when you have a corporation, you have responsibility to your shareholders, and your shareholders yeah. are exactly what they are. They're money mongers. Sorry. Hmm. But, the, you know, like, it's just profit, 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 profit. Yeah, and there's never any satisfaction with the amount, of, and and that I'm, I guess someone will tell me, Kayla, calm down. You know, this is the way that capitalism works. It needs to work right. this way, otherwise you become <clears throat> what's the word? Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. You don't scare everyone, please. Um, <laughs> we have millennial listeners, and I don't think they're scared. <laughs> I think they're fine with that. <laughs> yes, but. Uh, I think it's also if you register as an LLC or a, a corporation or whatever, like it's really hard to digress from that. But if you register as a B Corp and you, you know, really, and it's really hard to be a B Corp, but it, I think it's an amazing model that should be pushed way more by government, which is it's not, it's not. Because so CSR also, is like, like I said, a compromise, maybe. Yes, absolutely. It's saying buy our products because we care. Yeah. Yeah. It is a label. It's kind of like greenwashing. It's become a label. Yes, absolutely. We we think that it's actually doing the good, but really there's a lot of nuance to it, and it might just be a, you know, um, a stamp on a package. A package. And I think that's also the thing what I feel Kyla brought up more than once is that Mm -hmm. we don't know if it works because it's such a big corporation, Mm -hmm. right? We can't follow... If it's really happening and making change. So, and especially now where we all Mm. feel so cynical and distrusting of whatever is being told to us. Yeah. Right? Like, if we can't see it happening, then it's not happening. Yeah. Right? I wonder if they have impact measures. I'm sure they do, but are they really effective? Are they really measuring the right things? Are they measuring the right things? It's Probably like, not. Are they asking the right questions? And the reality is, is, is you, unless mm-hmm. there are like certified academics on that on that thing, I'm rigorous. like, oh, no, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't be that, that harsh and cynical. Mm-hmm. But what I do want to get to is that we are able to measure impact and pivot according to the needs of the people we're serving when you stay small. Mm. I don't know why we have this need to grow across borders. It's beautiful and it's good. If you have a good and positive vision, do it. 
Mm. Well, no, I wouldn't say do it. I would say mm. adapt. Give someone the torch and say, we will stay in the U.S., but if you want to, mm. you know, make this model work somewhere else, then we will support you as long as, like, we will partner with yeah. you as long as you're upholding yeah. the same values. If someone yeah, digresses yeah. from that, then that's their, that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a corporation trying to make social impact could potentially be really wonderful, but I think it partnerships are just it's a wiser way to go because you're figuring out how to do this with someone who has other resources, like you were saying, experiences and expertise in the fields. Mm. Um, so CSR, yeah. It's I, like, I, you know what is actually a very good example? It's mm. called... Vow to end childhood marriages or something like that. Um, And it's an NGO that specifically partners with international, like NGOs in in country who help uh, educate or girls and and make sure that they don't get married when they're under 16 or 18 or whatever, which happens quite often and they explain all this. But what they've done is now partnered with jewelers and um Mm. so because it's child child marriages they appeal specifically to people getting married Mm -hmm. and so instead of asking for your guests to give you a present you ask them to donate right or you tell them whatever you donate you'll match or you can look on all the people who give money to this ngo and if you buy a product from them, even 10% of your purchase or a percentage of your purchase will go to this organization, which yeah. is a very good example of the it's partnership thing. Yeah. These other jewelers and gifting places, whatever, you know, mm. all of this, they could very easily say, no, thank you. We're going to do this ourselves. And that would be corporate social mm. responsibility where mm. they are saying we are a for-profit business, but we are specifically telling our buyers that we are giving money away and it mm-hmm. goes into the void, right? Um, yeah. And then your buyers don't have a say about what's happening on the ground over there, yada, 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 which yeah. is why I'm not it's pro. Like, because it's a marketing tactic, I can see. Like We're yeah. labeled like, oh, you would rather buy from X jewelry company because they claim to have some social impact in this area yeah 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 exactly and so (laughs) it's making sure that you're yeah i Mm. guess it's it's being also more transparent about the process of giving and support yeah Yeah. more transparency always please or at least of course clarity even and admitting that maybe you haven't met your goals even i think that's for a corporation would be a lot yeah Uh, yeah okay let's move on I don't know. I liked how we were talking about the more um, abstract ideas around being a change maker and like, where do we get our ideas and who influences that and how do we foster these ideas for our own benefit as creative, innovative people and then also for hopefully benefit of others when we want to make this idea a reality. So I drew a little thing about the birth of an idea and the growth of an idea <laughs> to remind myself that... You know, I think I think it's um, 
I don't know. I find personally that I've not allowed a safe space for ideas to blossom and not just safe, but very intentional and safe Mm. place for me to do the research and to assess my own skills and assets. Um, and then really imagine like, okay, if I was going to do something in a year, what would it be? What are the things that I have now? What's the knowledge I have now? Mm. What knowledge do I want to grow so that I can make that thing a reality? Mm. Um, so I was trying to like bring that up in the interview of just there are different stages and responsibilities that we have to our creative lives and our own ideas. Um, like no one else is going to do that for us. We can be surrounded right. by great people. We can read all the great articles in the world, whatever. Yeah. You know, we're gonna, how are you yeah. going to sustain that? And, and that reminds me, you know, I think closer to home for me is I feel like I'm in, a, in a, the next stage from where you are, which mm-hmm. is is not processing your ideas and and your you know yeah. where you're at but for me I'm in the stage of like I have ideas I I'm confident in saying them I'm confident in pursuing them right. but the lord knows that I mm-hmm. need accountability with mm-hmm. writing up a business plan because sure. <laughs> what do you think is there what where is the resistance coming from well, it's just that insecurity of am I doing this right? And and if I even do it right, do I have anyone to check it and mm-hmm. challenge my like ideas? Because I can I can sell ice to an Eskimo right at this point in my life. I I know that when I speak, I make sense. But logistically and pragmatically, sure, that's what a business plan is: is saying like yeah. these are the very tiny nitty gritty things that will definitely make this worth your time and yeah. money. And it's so sad to me that I don't have the skills to do that. And I don't know anyone who has the skills to do that. Hmm. Because if you're just throwing ideas around, that's not going to make anyone feel confident in giving you $100. Right. Oh, okay. So we're talking about funding as well here? Yeah, it is getting funding. That's the bottom line. It's both. Right. Because people are ready to, to support ideas. However... Mm. it's it's communicating uh in a very specific way mm-hmm. that this idea is thought through yeah you know definitely. it's not a theory definitely. It's, a, it's a practicality that can happen yeah then how do you get to that point if you're doing something that's maybe new like parts of it are new maybe it's a model that's been done somewhere else and you can like back it up as far as you can with your business plan but there's a point where there's a testing and there's also many factors that after you have the concrete little business plan, now you have to go and do it, make those decisions to continue to make this business plan actually come to life. Right. Which is my strategy at this point in my very young Mm -hmm. life. Yes. Not too young. Very young. Anyway, uh, is that I will not start anything without a partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I struck gold with you, obviously, yeah. but now I'm like, damn, maybe that's all I get for the rest of my life. So <laughs> maybe it's just timing too. Like, I think it would be, I mean, it's interesting you bring that up. I think that's, you know, yourself and you know what you want to do and you're in the process of waiting to get more information and to meet the right person. That is fair. It's completely fair. You shouldn't get down on yourself for not having those answers right now. Well, yes, but also I realize that people are different. Like you and our dynamic is really cool and unique and it works, right? But but someone else is very different again and I need to make room for who they are and what they're contributing. And 
yeah. all of that. And I think that brings us also back to the networks yes. question that we had with Kyla. Um, and she had such an amazing answer about just staying, uh, staying, staying with the people who keep you grounded. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved how she gave examples of how to stay open to different relationships and connections that can be made, but also realizing that you're mm-hmm. only one human being and that you cannot maintain every single relationship that you possibly have yeah. in front of you. Uh, and yeah and then choosing a business partner you know is another level of pairing down oh who you gosh. share your time and energy yes. and thoughts with and who's really going to be able to support those things with their skill sets and yes. with their times so that's huge and I think we should interview someone like who has gone through this already who has probably a business partner um whether from the start of their organization or during the middle maybe they've transitioned things Mm -hmm. like we need to talk with someone who's been through it um yeah i'd love that i feel very encouraged and And i feel like what they're gonna say is kayla like you know you have enough like maybe talk to this one person but from the startup kind of world that i've come from and like studied for a while it's always like you know, on how I built this, they're always like, was it luck or was it like hard work and determination that got you here? And everyone's like, well, you know, I have answers differently, but it's a little yeah. bit of both. And some people started with a business plan and were successful and it worked out. And some people did not, they didn't start with the right answers. But, yes. And I know I'm not saying don't, like, you, you don't want to plan to not, to not plan, you know, like, <laughs> you want to, you want to, if you're going to do something that really matters to you and you have this responsibility as a change maker to do yeah. it well, yes. because if you're impacting people's lives, you don't want to just be stupid about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, I think that there comes a point where you're probably going to have to say like, yeah, I don't know how to get there. I don't know what this is going to look like. Yeah. And I have to keep pressing on. And yeah. Just... I just wish there would be someone that's like, I will read it over for you and I know I can trust them. Yeah. And, okay. you know, and I think... I think we can make that happen. Yeah. Well, you... Yeah. I mean, I do know someone. And I yeah. should probably... that Now that you say it, I do know that I know someone. Yeah. I just want to do it. I don't want to write about it. It's fine. Yeah. I think the business plan is like, obviously it's an important step, but um, there's a lot that is probably missing. Even once you have the business plan written out that like you might want to talk about with someone before you're like, okay, you know, this is the final plan because Mm. it's just like writing a, I mean, I've never written a business plan, but I imagine, I imagine it's like a lot of work. Like you're writing a thesis almost. Here are the things that could go wrong. Here are the financials. Here is this and that. And it's like, it has to double check and and make sense all the way throughout. So it should be a big deal. Should be. Unfortunately it is. Yeah. But yes. We'll interview someone. We'll find them. Just for me, of course. (laughs) Y'all just along for the ride. I'm sure no one else relates to any of what we're saying, <laughs> and they just absolutely can't yeah. wait to get off this thing. Yeah. Okay. Did you have anything else to add? No. No. Awesome. That's all. Awesome. Again, we love you, and we support you, yeah. and you're doing an amazing job. And if you know someone, if you're if you're way beyond us, if you know someone who would love to be on the podcast and has uh, would talk about how they 
you know, started their social enterprise or their NGO or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please connect us. Let us know. We are so open. We created Beyond the Now because we believe in the power of a diverse and inclusive network to support your change-making journey. With each episode, we encourage you to connect with our guests to begin building your own personal network. That being said, you can connect with Kyla today. You'll find all of Kyla's information in the show notes. You can learn more about this podcast and sign up for our newsletter on beyondthenowpod.com. Subscribe to Beyond the Now wherever podcasts are found to make sure that you never miss an episode. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Ciao.